Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat! Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst, Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkin's Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary. On April 29th at 4 p.m., Restoration Christian Ministries will have the Restoration Reunion. The event will be located at 50 Raritan Parkway, Edison, New Jersey, at the Hilton Gardens Inn. Our speaker for that afternoon will be Dr. Mary Joshua of Overcomer's House of Worship, located in Inglewood, New Jersey. Please invite all of the family and friends of Restoration. This week at Restoration Place. The people of God, we have so many things to be thankful for. But yet, because of our everyday trials and tribulations, we forget where, you know, because we're so busy trying to get to where we want to be, we forget where God has brought us from. I mean, there's nothing that moves him more than somebody that's been through something and God delivered them and they take the time to say thank you. Praise God for whom all blessings flow. Welcome to this place of restoration. of Restoration Christian Ministries, John Baysmore, Jr. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So as I said previously, there's a lot of things that I could talk about. Uh, there's a lot of things that traditionally, once people come into the knowledge of certain things, it, it seems to be uh, that they talk about that as opposed to talking about uh, the one thing that I think is paramount of importance, this is Resurrection Day. This is not Easter. I'm not going to go there. Uh, I've talked about that many, many times over the course of the year. So I think most of us by now realize that Easter is not a holiday, but the Resurrection Day is. Uh, there's a lot of history behind um, why we call it Easter. That's not what I'm here to talk about today. But there are, there are, um, there are certain characters that this resurrection affected. We are some of those, but I'm talking about it that day. Uh, it really, the Lord really showed me some things last night that I had really, in my 42 years of ministry, had never really paid attention to. But I kind of paid attention to it last night, and I, when I was uh, done studying, I came in the living room, and I was sharing with Darlene, and how this really impacted me. I said, because I had never looked at it from this perspective before. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of uh, John chapter 20, one of the ones that I call my favorite disciples uh, for, well, for many different re reasons, but for one obvious reason, he's my namesake. So, <laughs> but he is actually uh, one of my favorite disciples, and 
Uh, he's also reminds me of me in a lot of ways. I'm going to get to that. Uh, I'm sure my friend um, Bishop Thomas Gilbert is going to be able to relate to <laughs> Yeah, you got a promotion. And Bishop Thomas Gilbert is going to be able to relate to this because um, in a lot of ways, uh, some of the characters that came to the tomb after Jesus had been resurrected, they had a lot in common with us and they had a lot of reasons to be there. The question that I asked myself was why did they go to the tomb? I mean, what, what were they there for? And I can kind of ask you the same question today, you know, because normally uh, if no one comes to church, they come on, on Easter. And pastors and have these large ministries, they take the opportunity to not only wish them a happy Easter, but a Merry Christmas. Because they know they're not going to see them again until the following Easter. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be sarcastic today. I'm just going to get right into the Word because um, I think you're going to get something out of this. What I'm going to talk about today is what brought you here. That's, what, that's my subject. I'm not going to preach, but I really am going to talk. Because I want you to think about this word on today. In John chapter 20, I'm going to start at verse 1. It reads, The first day of the week came Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved, that was him he's referring to, and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the Sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. But Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, which is John, it's amazing how he refers to himself, but that other disciple, and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter. Why he chose to put that bit of information in there, I really have to ask him when I see him. It's almost like he wanted you to know I'm faster than Peter, so I ran. I don't know why that bit of detail was important. But uh, he, put, he chose to put that in there and came to the sepulchre, the place they laid Jesus. And he stooping down, looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet he went not in. Then came Simon Peter following him and went in and see if the clothes lying there. So now, again, history tells us that we all know that um, the, the religious people had a problem with Jesus. Um, that is not something that's uh, completely unfamiliar to any of us. Normally the ones that you would get the greatest criticism from, and if any of you are on social media, you will find that most of the challenges that you get are not from unbelievers. But they are from believers who have a different way of looking at things. And, and I've often said, when people mean right, darling, they do right. So now, if, you, if this preacher right here was on social media and I had a challenge with something that you said, it wouldn't be uh, the right thing to do to go to his page that he signed up for and challenge him openly because the only thing that I'm getting from that is to either try to make myself look good or to try to make you look bad. And this is what happens uh, in that day or it happens in the church today. We're often challenged uh, by people saying, well, you're celebrating Easter. I don't celebrate Easter. You know what? How do you know that Jesus got up? How do you know that he didn't? I mean, we could go, I mean, for real, we could go back and forth. I mean, it's, you know, you can't, you, I'm not going to argue with you, but I mean, when you approach me in a sensible way and you ask me what I believe to be a sensible question, then I can thereby turn it around. And, you know, you say, well, give me proof. And I said, well, you give me proof that he didn't. 
So we could just go back and forth, but at the end of the day, it's about the relationship that you have with him. Because other than that, you know, like you're, you're sitting here and you're listening to what I'm talking about today. There's some that may be listening live to what I'm talking about. And it just becomes information. But without a relationship, then none of this will make sense to you. Without a relationship with the Lord, it's just another Bible story. You know, somebody died, somebody got up, and then you go home and you do the things that you normally do. But now when you have a relationship, you know, and I, you've often hear, heard me say this, because of my relationship with my wife, there are things about her that I know that you don't know. There are things about her that I know that I would never share with you if I want to live. So there are just some things that you just don't share. But then there are things, if you are in a relationship, you want to share those things. If you really love somebody, you, want to, you really want to tell somebody about them. There's something in you, Corbett, that it just won't keep you from talking about that person. And that, that is the way that it has to be. But now, Mary Magdalene, you know, she was one of the ones. It was Mary Magdalene, John, and Peter that was at the tomb. There were some other ladies there, but these were the central characters. They're the ones that came to the tomb. So they all had a reason for being there. And believe it or not, the reason was not just because they heard from Mary Magdalene that he had arisen or that he was no longer in the tomb. They had other issues. They had other reasons to be there. If you go back to Mark chapter 3, uh, I believe it begins at verse 17. It's when Jesus uh, chose the, the disciples. Now, I found it interesting, and Trey, you're going to like this. I found it interesting that of all of the disciples, he gave three disciples uh, kind of a nickname. You know, he called Peter um, the, the um, Petros, which really translated as a pebble. He called not the rock, you know, but he called Peter a pebble. He called, um, he called um, John and James the sons of thunder. You know, I mean, when you, when you think about this, you, you wonder why did he give them these names? And, and then you think about their characters, you know, sons of thunder. Now, when you think about that, it tells me, first of all, Nikki, that Jesus must have known something about them. Because you don't nickname some, you think about thunder. I mean, thunder is boisterous, it's loud, it comes on you suddenly, it can be frightening. So, for Jesus to name these guys the sons of thunder preacher, he must have known something about them. To, to call Peter the Petros, you know, he must have known something about them. Now, that, that was 12 of them, Corbett, but now he chose these three to be in his inner circle. Now, were it me, uh, Pat, I might have chose some of the others that didn't have the reputation that these guys brought to the table. I mean, if you're starting a ministry, you want people to like what you're doing. You know, it's sort of like, it's sort of like putting a duster at the door that got an attitude. Now, if you're starting a ministry, the last person, now, Brokaw don't have an attitude with none of y'all but me, but if you want a person, <laughs> if you want a person, you know, to greet people at the door, you want to put somebody there that, you know, is going to kind of give a sense of what your ministry is about. They say first impressions are lasting impressions. So, I, I would think that, Corbin, Jesus would have chosen someone that was kind of low-key, you know, not really, you know, had a reputation for being kind of boisterous. I mean, we all know, you know, Peter was the only one written anyway of the disciples that personally challenged Jesus and kind of called him a liar. So 
I mean, you would think that he would choose somebody or some bodies to be in his inner circle that was kind of quiet and reserved and, you know, somebody that he could trust. But he didn't. He chose Peter the pebble. <laughs> and I know Peter. I, know, I just, I can't, you know, honestly, Trey, I can't wait to talk to some of these guys. Because, I, you know, I really wonder, you know, how, how did it feel to be, not called the rock, but to be called a pebble? You are, you're not Simon, but you are a pebble. You're, you're not Simon, you're not the rock, but you're a pebble. You know, so maybe sometimes God allows certain things to happen in our lives because we just need to be brought down just a notch. You know, sometimes we think far more of ourselves a preacher than we should. So sometimes we're given a nickname. Now I was given a nickname to this day. I don't know why I'm called this. Maybe it means junior. But you know, imagine, you know, now I'm 66, but up until I was almost 50, Pat, they were still calling me Junie. Now, come on guys. Do I look like Junie? <laughs> I mean, so sometimes a nickname, Trey, don't go here. <laughs> sometimes a nickname can follow you and people will think one way or the other about you based on what you're called. So now, John and James were called the sons of thunder. So now, I, I, I want to leave them for a moment. Let's just talk about Mary of Magdala. Now, tradition says that, you know, she was so appreciative to Jesus because she was a woman of the streets, which is not true. I don't even... I don't know where they get this information from because it's not in the Bible. She's not a woman of the streets. She was a woman that was demon-possessed and she had seven uh, spirits that was harassing her and Jesus delivered her from those spirits. But yet, you know, in the church today, sort of like, you know, the issue that I had with Job's wife. Yet today, we still look at this woman. I was just watching a movie before I came here uh, called Risen. Now in that movie... Uh, they, they talk about Mary Magdala and they call her a woman of the streets. And it's amazing to me how Hollywood will take a good story, you know, and you have good intentions. Have you ever seen somebody with good intentions, but yet they mess up the whole thing? You know, that, that, this is what they did. They, they took a story with good intentions to tell a story about he is risen. And I think it's appropriate that they use today uh, to show that movie. But now, Mary Magdala, Mary of Magdala, you know, because some people think Mary Magdalene is, you know, it's Mary and her last name is Magdalene. No, Mary of Magdalene, that's, that's really where she lived. So that's how she was referred to. She was not a prostitute. She was not a woman of the streets. She was a woman that had a lot of reasons to be appreciative to Jesus. Now, if you've never been through anything, then everything I'm going to say today, you're not going to be able to relate to it. But if you have ever been through anything, if you have ever had somebody to call you out of your name, if you have ever had people to say things about you that you know and even they know when they're saying it, it's not true, then you're going to be able to relate to what I'm saying today. Because I'm wondering, you know, I, I look at the scripture and, and even though she was, she was demon possessed, once she was delivered, she had so much to be thankful for. And you know, not like some people, you know, God would deliver them, and yet you would think, how many of y'all remember the lepers? There were ten of them that was healed, but only one came back to say thank you. And this seems to be indicative of where we are right now. The people of God, we have so many things to be thankful for. But yet, because of our everyday trials and tribulations, we forget, where, you know, because we're so busy trying to get to where we want to be, we forget where God has brought us from. Yes. And this was not the condition of Mary Magdalene. 
She remembered where she, what she was dealing with. And I can imagine being possessed with these demons, how people must have looked at her. You know, the things that this, these demons must have taken her through. The shame that she may have brought on her family because she was one of the ones that was looked at different. Now, you got to understand, in that, in that religious circle, if you are, I, I can't even imagine Darlene's mom you know, being a woman of God the way she is, and her sister, and her in-laws, and children, but yet she, you know, she is one of the ones that is demon-possessed. So now, you know, I'm sure, you know, you, you might wonder, why me, why am I being harassed like this? But how many of you know that the great things that you are delivered from gives you the great praise and thanksgiving unto God because you've been delivered? You'll never know what it's like, you know, to give praise unto God for something that you were suffering with and God delivered you. Yes, yes. This is why I tell people often, there is no such thing as no hope. It does not exist. The moment that Jesus was resurrected, everything that we have, God can heal. Yeah, yeah. It does not matter what it is. If you can have it, God can heal it. So now, this is one of the reasons that Mary Magdalene was so appreciative of Jesus. I mean, she followed him everywhere that she go now. Because of the culture of that day, you don't hear a lot about her. You don't hear a lot about her ministry. How she ministered unto the Lord. You know, that's one of the reasons... And preacher, you may not know this, but we're having a service on the 29th. And in this service, we're going to honor the ones that God gave us the pleasure to serve. When you get an honor to serve people that have gone on into ministry and pastoring and things like it's an honor that God has given you. So I'm thankful for that. I don't take it for granted. I mean, these people, and here's the great thing. Whatever they do as far as the kingdom of God, God's going to give some of that credit unto you because you helped to get them started. And I can imagine the appreciation that Mary had, even some of the inner circle conversations that she wanted to be a part of, but because of the culture of that day, she was not. But I'm telling you, Jesus thought no less of her. You don't have to have a big ministry. You don't have to have a, a powerful anointing. You just need to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing that moves him more than somebody that's been through something and God delivered them and they take the time to say thank you. Yeah. I can't imagine these husbands that have these amazing wives. Amazing wives. And yet, you know, how, how many of y'all have heard of that that? 80-20 rule that they had in this movie where, you know, men, they here's the, here's the analogy, darling. They say that, you know, most men have 80% of everything they want, but they're always looking for that 20%. And they're willing to sacrifice a good, upstanding 80% just to get that 20% that they don't have. And when you get it, and you lose the 80%, then you realize what you have, but then it's too late. Listen, when God has done something for you, you've got to take the time to say thank you. Yes. Don't just look at where you want to be, but thank God that you are not where you were. Yes, yes. You know, you once you come in Christ, you are a new creation. You may not have all of the money that you want. You may not have the strong ministry that you want. You may not have the anointing that you want. But look at where you were and where you are now. My God, my God. We have so many things to be thankful for. This young woman was an amazing example of that to me. You know, and yet, think about this. She was one of the ones at the cross, her and John. Everybody else abandoned him. But they were, they were one of the ones that were there. And get this. They were the last two to see him alive and the first two to witness his resurrection. Mary Magdalene and John. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing just how that thing works out? So now they're at the tomb. 
So Mary was there because she knew where she had been delivered from, but yet she knew her credibility with these other disciples because they were men. We're not even going to get into this Me Too thing. I'm not talking about that, but you think about it. You know, men traditionally have subverted women. I had someone in my ministry one time. Now, y'all know I'm pretty easy going until you get me started. You know, this, now for real, this guy told his wife, well, I don't believe in women preachers. And then he told me, Trey, that my wife, going to throw out his chest, <laughs> my wife is not going to be no minister. Now, it was like, Pat knows who I'm talking about. It was like you were talking to a chair. Because I already had the, the license ready. <laughs> I mean, it did, it did not matter. See, here's the thing. Nobody's big and better than God. So now when God has an anointing on your life, you're called if you're called. I mean, if you can preach, you can preach. I mean, what in the world is, what, how do we believe that because somebody is of a female gender that they're less anointed? I mean, I, I wish I had the anointing of my wife. This woman is powerfully anointed. But this is what they were dealing with. But yet, she didn't let that stop her. Because see, here, here's the thing. Sometimes we will use excuses not to do what we know we're supposed to do. Because they won't let me do it. They, they won't let, they don't give me the freedom. You, they, they hold back. And this is what some preachers say. You know, I had one pre person in my ministry to say, well, you know, uh, Pastor Baseball, I need an opportunity to exercise my gift. And I said, and your point is? Well, I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, I need to be preaching on Sundays just like you. I said, you are absolutely right. I said, now, if you, when you leave out the front door, if you make a right, then make another left, you'll find a street Take your Bible and have it. I mean, there is no shortage of places to preach. I can't even imagine a preacher saying, you know, you are hindering my gift. I mean, you got Facebook, you got Twitter, you got the streets, you got the street corners, you got the YMCA, you got jail. There's a lot of opportunities, but we use these things as excuses not to operate in the gift that we were called. Now, imagine John and James. Now, these guys were interesting preachers. Real interesting guy. I've always looked at John until last night as the type of guy that I want to be. I mean, he, he, he wrote the, the God, no, for real. He wrote the gospel, and he wrote the epistles. He was known as the apostle of love. And until I started doing some research and really examining this man, I mean, let, let me just give you a brief resume of John. John was the one that uh, was called the son of thunder. So there was obviously a reason that he was called that. One of the reasons was, you know, when Jesus sent them out, you know, when they went out together and they were testifying and doing their evangelistic work, they went through Samaria. And Samaria, because they were Jews and they knew they were on their way to Jerusalem, preaching, they didn't want them to spend the night there in Samaria. In Samaria. So Jesus decided, okay, we're going to go someplace else. So John says, and James, his brother, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven? So now we're getting a picture of why they were called the sons of thunder. Imagine this. Jesus was in his discourse, and he was talking about how, you know, he was on his way to Jerusalem, how he was going to die and the whole nine. So now, again, here's an opportunity where if you really love God, you know, if you really love the Lord and you, you understand what he's saying, you're going to say, like Peter said, Lord, be it far from you. Now, at least Peter was saying, you know, I can't receive this because I love you so much. I don't want to be, you know, separated from you. But no, not James and John. Let me tell you what James and John said. When you get in your kingdom, can I sit on the left and my brother on the right? That's all I like saying. When you die, can I have your car? <laughs> I mean, there's absolutely no respect. I mean, complete, complete.
be disrespectful. But this was their attitude. But yet these were the ones that Jesus chose to be in his inner circle. So when they went to the tomb, they all went there for something different. Now, Peter. Peter was another story. Peter had another issue, darling. Peter was the one that was very outspoken, but yet he was the one that uh, abandoned Jesus at the time that he needed him the most. And you know, if you pastor long enough, you'll find that you'll always find those types. Pastor, I'll be there. I remember one woman in particular. We, was, we were at our building. We was out in the parking lot. And she, you know, I was in the car getting ready to pull off. So she was on, I was behind the wheel. She was on the passenger side. So I had the window down because she wanted to see, kind of knocked on the window and wanted to say something. She said, Pastor, I just want you to know, I so appreciate your ministry. I so appreciate how God is using you so mighty. Now, you got to understand that we had, you know, we had just acquired a new building. You know, we were kind of overflowing with people. I mean, things was going really well. So, you know, you get all of the data boys there. Everybody, data boy, pastor, you're doing a good job. But she said, I've never, I, will, I don't care who stays and who goes, pastor, you can count on me. Yeah, about three months later, she was gone. She was out of there. So it just goes to show you, just because somebody says they're going to be there, it doesn't mean that they're going to be there. And this was Peter's issue. Peter, he declared that he was going to be there, but yet when the time came to stick by his master, he abandoned him. But yet these are the ones that went to the tomb. So why did they go? They went for different reasons. Why do we come to the Lord? We come for different reasons. You know, some come because we, we feel like we're not going to be able to make it unless we know that he's there. Some come because, you know, they, they, they need to be forgiven. And some, some people come to church just because it's church. They have no relationship with them. They come just because it's church. But my, my question is, what are you here for today? Are you here because you love the Lord so much? That you, you know, you, you just, every chance you get, you want to use this opportunity to give Him praise and glory and honor. Or are you here because it's Easter? <laughs> if you are, you're here for the wrong reasons. There is a relationship that we establish with the Lord. There's a time that we come here, listen, what, the thought of what Jesus did. The, the thought of him dying and, and suffering the way and nails going through his hands and his feet and they piercing him with a, with a sword in his side and, and putting bribes and beating him unmercifully. When I think about him hanging on the cross and listen, unlike many of you, the Lord gave me the opportunity, Trey, to see that. I remember it, Nikki, like it was last night. I was sitting in my chair in the office and I was thinking about the vision that the Lord gave me. Here's the funny thing. I was kind of on a basketball court preacher in the dream. Mm -hmm. Many times dream, a dream can go into a vision. In the dream, I was on a basketball court. And right in the middle, now, you know, maybe this was God's way of just kind of making me feel good. Because on the basketball court, I was a Laker. Yeah, I was a member. Of the, so, you know, you know, you already know it was a good dream. Y'all know I'm a huge, shut up, I'm a huge Laker fan. So you already know I was having an amazing dream. But right in the middle of that dream, I saw these two light things coming from the sky, coming from the ceiling. And these two angels, when I say landed, they literally landed beside me. And they said, to, they said these words, the Father will have an audience with you now. And that was all they said. And one took me by this elbow and one took me by this elbow and off we went. At an amazing speed, we went up through that 
well, I think it was a ceiling, but we just went straight through that, saw going in the air. Just All I saw was just lights flashing, just like this, just flashing real fast. And then we left. Now, in my mind, I'm getting excited because I said, finally, I get my turn. So now I'm going straight. The Father will have an audience with you. That means I'm going straight to the throne of God. You know, like Kenneth Copeland said, glory be to God. Hallelujah. I was excited. But your mind just made, darling, I didn't go to the throne of God. I know I have never heard anyone say when they went to heaven that there was any darkness or any shadows or anything like that. It's all light. But the place that I went to, Nikki, was dark. And when I landed, I landed on mud. It was mud on the ground. And I'm thinking to myself, and it's amazing how you know who you are in situations. I was fully aware that I'm John Baysmore. I was fully aware that those two angels that was beside me had brought me there, though they left immediately. And in my mind, I said, this can't be. Now, I'm telling you, this is, these are my thoughts. This cannot be heaven because this dark and there's mud on the ground. Now, everything that I've seen and heard, there's nothing like this. So where am I? As I looked to my left, I saw Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's not like these pictures show where he's, um, you got this light shining from heaven and he's, he's got this solemn look. It was nothing like that at all. He was pressing in. I mean, he, he didn't have his hands like this, but he had his hands to the side with his fist balled up. And he was, it was so intense that I felt that I shouldn't even be there observing that. And then I looked right in the, in the middle, right in front of me, and there was a cross. There was two Romans, well actually there were three Roman soldiers, but one was directly in front of the, of the bottom of the cross. And they were driving nails in him, and Pat, the Spirit of God says, go over and look at him. And Darlene, now I normally don't say no to the Spirit of God, but I, I'm, this is the truth, I said no. <laughs> he said, I want you to go over, and I said no. I knew, Nikki, inside of me, I could not see my Savior that way. I could already see the blood on the crown and the, the blood dripping down his face. I could hear the moans, not crying out, but moans. And I, there, there was nothing in me that would make me go and look. And I just said, I just kind of backed up like this and I said, I can't. And the moment I said I can't, immediately, Corbin, immediately I saw Jesus about from here to where Trey is. Walking, if I'm standing looking like this, he was walking right in front of me. And the thing that was so amazing, his strides were so purposeful. He, just, he, walked, he didn't just have a regular walk, but he was walking like he was going someplace on purpose. And I could still see the dried blood on his face. So now, knowing that, and knowing the reason that we're here today, there is no reason that I can't lift my hands in adoration and tell God, thank you. Because I realize that everything he went through, if it was only me that needed redemption, he would have done it just for me. Yes, yes. If he would have had to suffer just for me, he would have done that. And it does not matter the reason that you're here today. Because we all may have different reasons. We all may be here for varying reasons. But whatever the reason here is, the Lord is here for you today. He suffered just for you. He was raised just for you. And here's the thing, everything that you need, he brought it with him when he resurrected. 
Every gift, every talent, every blessing, he, he, it was raised with him. So now everything that we need is right here. Look at your neighbor and say, it's right here. Oh yes, it's right here. Everything that you need from God, it's right here. It does not matter if you came to show off your Easter bonnet. Does not matter if you came, you know, to you know, because you got some brand new gators or you know, you got a new purse. It doesn't matter the reason that you're here. The thing about it is, you're here. Yes, God. You're here to hear this word that because He arose, we have the victory. My God, yes. Mom, we're not gonna get the victory. We have the victory. We're not just gonna be conquerors, darling. But because He died and He arose, we are more than conquerors. He did the work, we get the blessing. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Everything that we need, he brought it to us. And it's amazing to me now that we have the opportunity to say yes to him. We have the opportunity just like Peter, just like Mary Magdalene, just like James and John, even though they were some really interesting characters. But it took, now here's the thing about it. They said to Jesus, can we sit one on the left and one on the right? And Jesus said, are you able to drink from this cup that I'm going to drink from? And they said, yeah, we are. Jesus didn't disagree with them. He said, truly, maybe you are. Maybe you really can drink from the cup. What, he, what was he saying? The first disciple recorded in history that was martyred for Jesus was James. The last disciple that was living, and he lived to be an old, old man. You know, history says in his late 90s or 100s, was um, John. John went from being a son of Thunderpad, from a very uh, impetuous man, a man who had his own agenda about things, a man who, who told Jesus, Lord, we saw somebody uh, preaching in your name and we forbid them to do it. This same John is now the one that is known as the apostle of, of love. Stand on your feet. So it may take some time for God to transform you. It may take some time for you to get to that place where you need to be. How many of you know that God never ever gives up on you? He never ever. And when you mess up, he tells his angels start the process all over again. He, he really does. I mean, I would think, preacher, that Jesus would be better than a GPS. I would think so. I mean, you mess up with a GPS, what does it do? Rerouting. Rerouting. We're about to give you a new route. Do you yes. think Jesus is any less than a GPS? He died for you. He was raised for you. This day is about us and him. It's not just about him. But this day is for us and for him. We are the chosen ones. In spite of our differences, in spite of our shortcomings. He picked us. And sometimes I look at myself and say, what in the world do you want with me? I'm telling you the truth. I mean, you know, you don't share with other people some of your shortcomings, but I know what they are, just like you know what yours are. And sometimes I'm standing there and I'm brushing my teeth, and Trey, I'm looking at myself like, what does God want with me? Boy, you got issues, you got issues. But in spite of all of that, God picked me to be on his team. God chose us. And right now, it's amazing that, you know, God's angels are in this house right now. And I like it because Darlene, they're recording this whole series. They are. They're recording everything that's being said. They're, they're I mean, it's being written in your book in heaven. We all have a book in heaven. It's being written in your book in heaven. And I'm so glad that I have a chance today on this resurrection day to talk about somebody that I love absolutely dearly. Yes. My Savior. Yes. I can't speak for you or you, 
But I can speak for me. Darlene, he's mine. That is the only time that I get selfish with my love. The love he has for me is for me. The things that God has planned for me is for me. And let me tell you something as I'm closing, Pat. What God has for you is just for you. Do you know, Pat, there is a name that God has named you in heaven that nobody knows but you and him? How special is that? He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I prepared a mansion for you. I mean, just for you. And you know, you, you look at these people now, they get excited about technology. <laughs> it's laughable to me. I mean, it's, it's really laughable to me. People, well, you know, how could God do this? Now that they have, you know, you know, 100 years ago, they couldn't even imagine, you know, the prophet prophecy where, you know, the whole world is going to see, you know, these prophets laying on the ground, Elijah and, and, um, and um, Enoch. You know, they couldn't even imagine how something like that could happen. But now look at technology. Where do you think the technology came from? <laughs> where do you think the idea came from? Everything that's here starts there first. That's why Jesus said, as it is in heaven, if you need a clue, let it be here on earth. So there's a recording going on right now of your life. And my God, I, you know, you know, today, like Dolly said, you know, she said, this was a good week for me. This week was a good week, but today is a good day for me. I feel the presence of the Lord so mightily right now. I mean, with signs and wonders, I just feel his presence right now. Even those of you that are watching, this is a good day for you. We say on our prayer call every single day, this is the day the Lord had made. I didn't make it. I had no part in it, but I'm going to rejoice. That's the one thing that I can do, Trey. I can't decide on what day it's going to be, but whatever day it is, darling, I can rejoice and I can be glad in it. For the benefit of those that are watching, I want to say something to you. This is Resurrection Day. But every day is a day that we have to choose who we're going to serve. I heard somebody say this, and I agreed so much with it. God will allow you to build your house whatever way you want to. He'll allow you to build it wherever you want to. That's the choice that we make. You can serve whoever you want. You can do whatever you want to do. It's not going to hinder you. He gave us, we are free moral agents. I don't say we have free will, but we are free moral agents. We can decide to do what we want to do. So if you want to build your house on sand, Pat, he'll let you build your house on sand. If you want to build it with wood, head, stubble, where the first strong wind come by, guess what, preacher? He will allow you to do that. That's right. He will allow you to build your house on solid ground. But here's the one thing God would not allow. He will not allow you to control the weather. <laughs> That's in his hands. So the choice is yours where you want to build your house. But God does not give us the choice of the weather. So you don't know when a storm is going to come. That's the reason that I said you don't know when a storm is going to come. Like this is resurrection day now. Could leave here and your time could be up. The mercy of God endures forever, but your season can run out. So where are you building your house? And why are you here today watching? It's not by coincidence. Believe me, God will allow you, darling, to build your house wherever you like. But the control of the weather belongs to him. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for every good thing that you're doing and the things that you've done. I pray in the name of Jesus that everyone that is under my voice and are listening to the words that you've given me by your spirit, that it will penetrate their hearts and their minds. And if there is anything in them that is not like you, 
I pray by the Holy Spirit that you will work in them a heart of righteousness to change their minds, bring them, them into repentance. Because it doesn't matter how much grace we have, but we don't repent of the things that we know we've done. What good is it? But we thank you, Father, that you've given us your love and you've given us another chance. Every single day we see new mercies and we don't take it for granted. Thank you, Father. And Father, we appreciate you giving us your son. And Lord Jesus, we appreciate you giving your life. And Holy Spirit, we're not going to leave you out. We appreciate these 2,000 plus years you have been putting up with us. Molding us into the bride that we're supposed to be presented to. Our Savior and our husband. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Are you in need of an encouraging word to start your day? Do you need someone to pray in agreement with you? Here at Restoration Christian Ministries, we offer our daily prayer call, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time, where members of our ministry team will lift you up as you head out into the course of your day. The phone number for our prayer call is 641-715-3645, and the PIN number to dial is 500-765, followed by the pound key. Be encouraged and stay encouraged with our daily prayer call at 641-715-3645. Don't forget to press 500-765 and the pound key for our prayer call at Restoration Christian Ministries. Introducing Minister Thomas Gilbert with the final word. Good evening, everyone. Today, I want to direct your attention uh, to 1 Peter chapter 3, the 15th verse. Um, and I'm going to do a little something different um, with this, but uh, just follow along. Um, so in 1 Peter chapter 3, the 15th verse, it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Um Always be ready to, to give a reason as to why you believe. And in order to do that, you have to study. Uh, Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved, a workman who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so in order to in order to give a defense for why you believe, you need to know what you believe, number one, and then you need to know why you believe it. And so if you're just going about following a tradition for the sake of uh, it's what your parents did or what your grandparents did, or you're going to a specific church because that's where all of your family goes. And yet everyone in that church is sick. Well, then there's an issue there and you need to believe things for yourself. God is not looking for you to follow a person. He's looking for you to come into covenant and relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. And so in order to do that, we need to know what and why we worship. And how do we do that? We get in the word. We pray. We fellowship with the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit guide and direct you. So, for instance, a tradition that we follow is this thing called Easter. And we typically, as believers in Christ, we call it Resurrection Sunday. And so one of the things that people come at me with is how is it three days from Friday to Sunday? Uh, if he if he was crucified on Friday, then how can he be raised on Sunday? And you call this three days. And 
because people don't know and because of traditions, um, we tend to mess things up. And so Passover is actually today, as I'm recording this, March 31st, uh, is Passover. So um, at the Passover meal, today would be the day, would have been the day, uh, the Passover meal would have been the evening that Christ was taken. By Wednesday morning, he's, uh, according to um, the time frame, it would have been a Tuesday night for Passover back then. By Wednesday morning, he would have stood before Pilate. Somewhere about 9 a.m., he would have been crucified and given up the ghost by 3 p.m. By Wednesday night, he would have been put in the he would have been put in the tomb. So now that's the first night. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all night and day. But by Saturday night, he would no longer be in the tomb, and that would end the weekly Sabbath. So you have to you have to get in the word you have to study you have to understand history you have to you you really have to seek him out baldwin said this and i'll end with this james baldwin said this he says when you live in america you don't know what time it is in china but if someone you loved lived in china you'd know what time it was every minute of the day so i ask you if you really love the lord if you really love telling people about the gospel, if you really love your fellow brethren, do you know enough to give a reason for why you believe? To know enough to lead them to your love? I pray that this encourages you, that it inspires you, and that it motivates you. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope that you are encouraged by God's Word and will tune in next time to this station for our Sunday service at Restoration Christian Ministries. Stay encouraged and have a blessed week. Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat. Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst, Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkins Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer, participation may vary. Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat! Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good, uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst. Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkins Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary.